Hey, it's Ralph here. Q1 is now closing and it probably didn't go as well as you had hoped, but I'm sure your agency is probably telling you that they crushed it. But in reality, it crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you are, if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what that thing is, go on over to tier11.com forward slash apply. It will set you up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make us agencies look good, but something that actually moves the needle and makes you more money, acquires more new customers, and ultimately achieves your vision. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash apply today. Hello and welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is your host, Ralph Burns, and this is the show where we share cutting edge strategies and acquiring leads and sales for your business through today. We're talking about paid traffic. So I'm alongside my awesome co-host, Kasim Aslam. How are you, buddy? Ralph, living the dream as always. Yeah. Every day is a dream. In our space, isn't it? That's right. I wake up every day just from a dream going into a dream. That's pretty much it. The thing that I love about our industry is it's never boring. Like every day you wake up and they've changed all the rules. And then we have stuff to talk about. So it's, you know, it's like, all right, cool. Let's deal with this today. I know. Imagine if we had a plumbing talk show, like a podcast. Like how many new innovations are there in the plumbing world like every once in a while there might be a new valve or maybe a new water heater but like that doesn't come along all that often like performance max facebook tiktok snapchat like stuff's changing every single day well especially with performance max apparently there's going to be like 65 new changes coming in the next yeah google's new beta deck had 67 slides with roughly one feature per slide sometimes two so like if you're not on performance max i'd I'd caution you against waiting too long because it's just going to get harder and harder to catch up. And y'all, you don't, here's the thing is Ralph and I own agencies. Okay. So of course we're pushing the thing that's best for the agency. You would think you don't need an agency for performance max. You don't go into Google ads, pull up an account today, build yourself a performance max campaign today, because it, it, at a minimum, it's going to teach you the way that we are now being conditioned to think about driving paid traffic. And it's marvelous. Like it's, it's such a phenomenal type of marketing that we've never been given before. Goal-driven, massive audience segments. It's so much fun. And now is like the perfect time to use it, to to learn how to use the platform. I almost think back to when did I first start doing Google AdWords? It must have been like 2005, 2006. And it was still kind of new. I think it came out in 2000, but it was still new. And I was following Perry Marshall and all these other sorts of people. And it it was cutting edge back then. I, I sort of think... The paradigm on online stuff, the big date was 2000 was Google AdWords. 2013, when Facebook put ads in the newsfeed and got badass targeting. And then this past year, November 2021 into 2022, Google Performance Max. Like those three events, like those are seminal events in the digital advertising space. And the funny thing is, we were talking about it before we recorded, nobody gets it. Yeah, Nobody I'm so glad that it. this is recorded because 24 months from now, we're going to be able to point at our early episodes and be like, we told you so. <laughs> we yeah, told you before. Everybody else, and, and, and this is important to bring up, all the other thought leaders are bashing Performance Max. Yep. I've heard one of, the, one of the most prolific thought leaders in the space say it's just Google Ads Express all over again. Yep. Two of the largest agencies in the world are saying we're not using it because we don't like its reporting features. So there's a lot of misinformation out there, but at least try it for yourself before passing judgment. Don't dismiss it because, you know, some idiot pundit told you that it's not going to work. 
And it's easy to do. It, yep. Like you really don't need to do that much as far as research, like in, in prior work to put it in there. I mean, you really need 15 pieces of, in essence, content, which is some ad copy, some images, video, that kind of thing. Like aside from that, you like Google will tell you, will give you the answers and start to self-learn. It actually will because it has, what, 72 million profiling factors on every human on the planet. Like that's pretty powerful. So I know we're kind it's of going It's easier to build. Them. It's harder to manage. Mm. It's so much easier to build. But then like when you take and like zoom out and you want to, you, then now you have to get really strategic about how you expand, how you optimize, how you grow. But you no, know, I wish I didn't just say that, Ralph, because I just I probably just scared some people off. Go try first. Go try. See it. what it can do, especially if you're in e-com or if you're in SaaS. If you're in any business where the monetization model is readily apparent to Google, you're at a massive advantage. If you're in lead gen, you're going to get real ticked off in the very beginning because Pmax is going to give you exactly what you ask for, and you're never going to ask for the right thing up front. Yeah. So there's some guardrails to put up on lead gen, but still go off and try it because just to be able to see how you can target. Y'all, the targeting is more expensive than anything I've ever seen in my entire life. It's it's terrifying how robust this targeting is. It's crazy. It It's like Facebook in 2013 through 2015, literally, but better. <laughs> but better. Yeah, I mean, we're just down to like micro levels of granularity based off of long tail search terms or what websites they visit, what apps they have involved, they downloaded on their phone. Like it's nuts. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Well, the reason why we're talking about it like this, and you know, obviously our guest today can talk about it as well, because he's seen it firsthand, is that we're actually doing these campaigns. Like, I, I believe half of our Google customers are now on Performance Max, and we're seeing an uplift on every single one of those campaigns. And we're now using it for Tier 11 for our own personal usage. We just started using it this past week. Like we did it wrong to start off with. Like I think you guys did the same sort of way. Now we're getting like really good leads based upon this whole ecosystem and us giving the algorithm, giving the machine what it is that we really want. And, you know, putting some guardrails up along the way and the form fields and all these other sorts of things. The point is, is, like, we didn't succeed with it 100% to start, but now we're gaining traction on it. It's super exciting. Yeah. Don't get left behind. That's yeah. you know, the, the best note that I can drop here is, is just go try it. You heard it here first. So anyway, that was just, uh, that's our banter section, Kasim. I guess we got to get it. to the real interview here. So anyway, we are really excited to have a new What's Working Now star, a rising star from the country of Israel. And I am pretty excited to have him on board. He's been with us at Tier 11 for about three plus years. And uh, we're going to be talking with him next because he's in the trenches doing the Facebook, Google, TikTok, Snapchat, Pinterest even, we're going to be talking about here. And uh, none other than Kobe Topaz from Tier 11. going to be sharing you a lot of knowledge bombs right after this quick break. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Kobe Topaz sounds like an Avenger, by the way. You're like, we're in trouble. Quick, call Kobe Topaz. Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books influence and persuasion, I swear 
you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wouters and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me, and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Kobe, thanks for being here. Thank you. Happy to be here. So before we uh, dive super deep into the, all the Wicked Ninja stuff that lives inside of your brain, our listeners need to learn to trust you. So I'm going to put you on the spot. All right. We need a golden nugget out of you, Kobe. Like what is the Wicked Smart thing that you feel? What's the thing that you actually don't want to give away? What's the, the hack tip trick that our listeners are going to hear and be like, man, this dude... I, I want more from this dude. I want more from this paid paid assassin. No, wait, wait a second. Paid Facebook ads assassin. Yeah. No. <laughs> Go a little further, Ralph. <laughs> Forget about that. We're not going to talk about your past or anything like that. But anyway, the point is, is yeah, what do you got? What do our listeners need to know that's in that brain of yours? So the biggest tip I can share with you is use story-based ads. These type mm -hmm. of ads are like, transformed our accounts completely and to give you just an example for one account the second we launched those ads the cpa just dropped by 44 percent and the cost per click dropped by 4.48 dollars so the client paid almost five dollars less per a click and all their costs all the ctr everything went back four months ago the same metric that they were getting four months ago before we started running those ads that's amazing so my first objection is i can totally understand how that would outperform on social specifically but it scares me because i don't know how to do story-based ads like do i have to hire the Harmon brothers is it going to be a hundred grand is there an easy button here for story-based ads so the easiest best button would be just survey your customers ask them to create a video of for you sharing their story hey i was on this point in my life and now thanks to you or thanks to your solution thanks to your service i'm at this point just show how your product or service just help them transform completely from point a to point b so are these the transformational story video ad formulas that we've got running for these guys exactly yeah yeah and I mean, I think if anyone watched or saw 
my presentation on an ad world, we actually went through this sort of step by step. But do you even need that level of production value? Like, for example, the start of it, like there's motion of this drone is flying over like the city of Dallas. And then they sort of swoop in and there's nice transitions with this woman who talks about, you know, where her life was. And it's all really well produced. It's under two minutes in most cases. Do you need to go to that level or does it just the story matters more than anything else? Just the story. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be fancy. Just a simple video from your phone could do the trick. It's the story that matters, 100%. So, I mean, a lot of folks who listen here, they they will hire influencers, whether or not they're paying tons of money for them or just people that have their product and do a short video about how it's transformed their life. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Like we've gone and we've outsourced through tier 11, those types of companies and it's hit or miss. Is it, that's sort of an easy button in some cases. And we've actually launched products for customers using that. And it never really felt genuine. Like in this case, and I know this particular customer because they're in their credit repair industry. Like these are real stories with real people, unscripted, and it seems to me like that's a really important part to this whole thing. Would you agree or disagree? Yeah, yeah. And people got to remember that Facebook is a social platform. No one is looking mm-hmm. for those script messages or videos or whatever. They just want to see posts from their family, from their friends. So try to keep everything as authentic as possible. It's such a good note when you're dealing with the social platform to give people social content. It's so simple, but that's why it's so brilliant because so many of us forget it. That's what they're there to engage with. So if you give them what they want, then it can only benefit you. To the, to the point that you're making, Kobe, we we hired, actually, Ralph, it's a buddy of ours, Ian Garlic, video case story guy. I think he's been on the show. Ian did some, some case stories for us. My average YouTube video gets like a thousand views, maybe at most. And the case stories he did for us with no money behind him, I'm looking at one right now, did 55,380 views. Another one did 22,581 views. And that's all on YouTube, all organic. And it's to the point that Kobe's making. YouTube is maybe not quite as social as Facebook is, but it still has really strong social elements. And, and here are these stories that just, they just took off. It's crazy. So what were they in that case? So we talked about like the, the credit repair business, but like in your case, what would it be? Is it one of your customers? Talk yeah, about so exactly what Kobe said. Like one of okay. one of my favorite here is Yellowleaf Hammock, who has just the best story in the world. This this company goes to Thailand, I believe. They get women that are in really rough situations, working twelve hour days, seven days a week, and they teach them the skill. They teach them to weave these hammocks, and then they sell the hammocks in the states. And it, it's a premium product. But I, I'm, they were on Shark Tank, and they do really well. They've got like a phenomenal message. But they were having a really hard time scaling. And so it's it's one minute and 50 seconds. And she just starts with, you know, uh, I was looking for help. I needed to know where to go. I, we tried to be successful before. And and she starts, it's just, it's a real quick hero's journey. Joseph Campbell, you know, you, you dig a hole, you throw your, your hero in the hole, and then people watch them dig themselves out. And, and then you cheer. And that's exactly what these are. They're, they're not, and this isn't a bash on iron at all. It's it, they're, they're, There's nothing PhD about the script. It's very linear. But I think that that's the, the simplicity is what people want. Mm-hmm. I think his tagline is words without looking up his website. And I love Ian is like, I make videos that make you cry mm. or words to that effect. <laughs> yeah. 
which is like the the video that Co- Kobe's talking about here. It it's like it tugs at your heartstrings because some of these people were really really down and out and figured it out for themselves and then taught other people how to do what they knew how to do. Mm-hmm. And obviously, somewhat kind of the hero in this whole thing is the product, but it's them really. It's their hero's journey by way of the product itself, which is a tremendously helpful like it it crushed her in the coronavirus kobe and we're talking about like getting those types of results again using this type of creative correct me if i'm wrong yeah so the minute we launched those ads we saw that the metrics were similar to the metrics that they were getting during the like when COVID just bombed and people were freaking out and were looking for ways to make money so that was the great period for these guys because they actually teach you how to build a credit repair business. So you you can help people fix all their credit card issues and then you actually get to make a great living out of it. So that's an, an awesome way to make money and to be your own boss and everything. But at the end of the day, it's a way to make money. So people are, are going crazy for ways to make money. And then everything that we got, it's like it took the, the account a year and a half ago back. Same CPMs. Yeah same CPCs, everything. And from that moment, the account like started to took off. And it's, I'm looking at like the, the day we launched that test and today's date, it's almost, it's been 10 months and we're still using those ads. Not all of them, obviously, because some ads will die. Unfortunately, unicorns die, but Mm-hmm. Some ads just, just <laughs> crushing it at the moment. Did you just make don't, that up? Don't right tell my niece. No, no, don't die. tell my niece. We tell that. Yeah, that's so horrible. Funny. I'm, I'm going to steal that from you because it's so true. Yeah. <laughs> Those are unicorn ads. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, but no, that that's at like ten months they've been running. So, so many people, you know, when we talk to people about Facebook ads, they're like, "Well, tell me what the hack is. What's the trick now? Like post iOS." And I always sort of come back to the things that we as an agency, and that's all I really know. I mean, I know like what my my cohorts in the space are doing, but the point is, is like it still does come back to creative and messaging. And I know the avatars that we figured out for this particular customer, like we went really deep to get mm-hmm. the messaging really right as well. Mm-hmm. And that obviously flavored everything and sort of creative came out of that. But like, what is the hack right now? Is it just this? Is it messaging? Is it, or is there something more to it than that? Especially in today, like a year post iOS 14. So I'll, I'll say that. And I actually said that on the call I think this week is just go to the basics. People put so much trust on Facebook. It's just, oh, I'm going to throw, throw some ads and let the algorithm do its thing. It's not working right now. Like, really? I'm sorry. It's like, you got to go to the basics. Like, I can guarantee you that if there are 10 media buyers that are listening to this podcast, for example, or 100, most likely that like 85% of them don't know the avatar that they're speaking to on the ads that they're running. It's just, okay, let's craft some ads and just roll with it. Okay, this was the top ad. Let's just create another copy variation. But there's no level to detail on the specific avatar you're speaking to. That's like the basics of marketing and people so people are so scared of iOS 14. It's just, no, just go back to the basics. That's it. Mm. So what's the process that you've seen to, to uncover that? 
And one of the things with this show is that you've noticed Kobe is kind of modest because you're managing millions and millions in spend per year. So how do you go through that process? Like, what what is it? Like, research, understand your avatar. All right, sounds good, Kobe. But what does it really mean? And how do you do it? So the first step, as you said, is doing deep dive is doing the research understanding your avatars can i ask you a question on the on the deep dive kobe they're just curious let's say i'm sitting next to you at your desk and we're doing a deep dive on an avatar and let's we'll pick credit repair because that's one we've been talking about like i mean are you looking at linkedin facebook profiles reading blogs watching videos what what is what does deep dive mean tangibly speaking so it means going through reviews on amazon for products that are on the same like sending the same thing that my, that my customers are sending or and also going on the mm. Amazon reviews if for my customers, like the products that are listing on Amazon. It's also looking at forums to go get insights from that. It's also looking at surveys that they send to their own customers to see like what made them make a purchase, what held them back from making a purchase. If they can go back, would they recommend people to purchase this product? It goes back to watching tons on tons and tons of emails just sorry reading tons and tons of emails that they sent to their customers like the top performing emails really trying to understand like what are the selling points for this what will make a person just take their credit card and make a purchase and it also goes back to the fact that you gotta talk to the emotions like what's the end goal for your customer here like what will be their dream life and for that customer, like we had, you know, mom for two that was struggling to pay the, the bills. We had a dad that didn't have any time to just play with his daughter or get her out of school because he was constantly working. But now, thanks to him building a credit repair business, he actually gets to leave the office whenever he wants. He gets to spend time with his daughter. So he gets to do a lot of stuff now that he couldn't have done prior to that. So it's... It's really like the, the deep dive and the research, it, it takes time, but it's so valuable. And people neglect that. Dude, that reading reviews, that's a freaking gold mine pro tip right there. Yeah. Like if you're listening to this, every competitor you've ever had, you should go through and read every review they've ever exactly. had. Exactly. Product or service. Because now you get to figure out why everybody bought, what they liked about it, what they didn't like about it, what held them back, what pissed them off. Like what a, what a treasure trove of copy. That's genius. I mean, we've even gone back and listened to call center recordings in in some cases. I don't know if we did that here specifically because a lot, a lot of it isn't phone orders. Yeah, no. But I know in other pods, they've gone back and done those sorts mm -hmm. of things. Like, it doesn't really matter how you get it as long as you get it, you analyze it, and then you distill it down, right? And then you distill it into overall messaging and then avatars, correct? And then you just launch that into the wild and see what messaging resonates with what target exactly after you do like an extensive research and you start reading the emails or looking for the reviews you're gonna see stuff that are just repeating themselves and that's how you can craft your avatars so you can see certain sentences just repeating themselves so that's your first avatar and then you go for the second and the third avatar and then you you basically just speak the same language that they're speaking it's not what you want to say. It's what they're saying. It's the conversation that goes in their mind, not yours. That's the basic for everything. That's the basic to succeed in 
post iOS, post whatever. And it's not even, you don't even have to have a background in ad copywriting nope. in a lot of cases. I mean, we've got like a whole staff of folks that do this sort of thing, but some of the best copy is just pure quotes. Yeah. And it's heartfelt and it hits on those emotions mm -hmm. that desire, that pain point, whatever that happens to be. And then the creative is a visualization of that and it sort of pulls it all together. Yeah. Just let the customers do the selling for you. Just take the quote from them and post that in an ad or just the video of them sh sharing their story. That's, that's it. Because most people won't read your ad copy, like everything. And most people won't read your entire sales page. It reminds me of the Amazon word clouds that exist in the reviews. I, like I just pulled up a webcam, just a random webcam on Amazon. And then Amazon gives me common denominators that people have said a lot. So under the webcam, I see picture quality, which makes sense. Autofocus, which I probably wouldn't have thought about, but lens cover is one where I'm like, oh, that's interesting. There's a quick little value add that I can add. Easy to install. That's one that as a marketer, I don't know that I'd be talking the, all the features, but not necessarily the ease of installation. And then the, the number one objection I'm seeing here is stopped working. And so now you can speak to like longevity or warranty. But these are all things that if I were marketing a webcam, I don't know that I would have pulled much of these out other than like picture quality, video quality, you know, pixels. Easy to set is, is one that I'm looking at here. So gathering up all of this and then, and then looking at the common, whatever you see that's repetitious, I think is what I'm hearing you say, Kobe. Mm -hmm. Like that's what you know the market's telling you. Hey, this is what's important to me. Yep, 100%. Yeah, I know one of our copy chiefs used to use the Len command on would download basically everything off an Amazon page and then it's that you guys can look this up we'll put it in link in the show notes which actually aggregates and finds common words on a Google sheet no way so that you can actually figure out like what are the one what are the words that are being used almost like a like a word cloud like what you're talking about custom but you can actually do it through Google sheets yet again more data that Google is collecting on us it's not just a search engine, Kasim, if you didn't know. <laughs> um, as well as like using the, the Amazon recommender engine, people who like this also bought that, finding competition. Even if you're not on Amazon, your product isn't on Amazon, you can find other products that are similar to yours on Amazon. There's probably a market leader out there, mm -hmm. right, Kobe? And then you can sort of put all that together and assemble your deep dive research. And this stuff, like this is not something that happens in a couple hours. Like I remember I was just on another podcast history where I said this, uh, sorry, Molly Pittman, but like the ad grid back four or five years ago was great. Mm -hmm. It's like, we could kind of do this in an afternoon. Like here's my avatars, here's my pain points, here's my desires. And then we kind of just fill it in. Like that's no longer, if you start there, great. That's a good place to start. If you're doing that, you're ahead of the competition. I will tell you that. The point mm. is, is like now this is far more than just an afternoon activity, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. It takes a lot of time, but again, it's well worth it. So story-based copy from deep dive research, psychographic stuff, like what they're thinking, what they're feeling, who they really are, as opposed to just their demographics of where they live, gender and what they drive, that kind of stuff. I mean, this is like a far deeper level and then transforming that into a creative that really resonates. So that's the big hack. What else? Like, you know what's going on inside these Facebook ad accounts, especially now. Maybe we can get into some of the other things that are a little bit even more tactical 
maybe after the break, we can get into how to use like a one-day click attribution for certain types of products, as well as we can even get into bid cap and cost cap. Maybe we can talk about that after this short commercial break. Because we're not going to talk about what Ryan Dice is going to buy with the money that he makes on this ad spot. That's Ryan's business, guys. Come on. We're no longer doing that. So we're going to be back with Kobe Topaz right after this short break. Hey, it's Gossam here, and I have another question for you. What would your business look like if you had 55% more traffic, 67% more leads, and 30% more revenue on top of what you're already producing? Would that make a big difference in your bottom line or even your bank account? Well... Those are the statistics for businesses that blog consistently. And I think the reason is simple. It's because Google wants to recommend websites with helpful content. Here's the problem. If you're like me, you don't have the time to sit down and write blogs. And even if I did manage to get enough words on the page, none of it's going to be any good. So if you're in that same position, I want to recommend our buddies at BKA Content who will write all of your blogs for you. They'll do all the research and all the writing. So all you have to do is copy and paste. If you want to try them out, they're giving PT listeners 50% off. That's 5-0% off their first month. Just go to bkacontent.com forward slash perpetual. That's bkacontent.com forward slash perpetual. All right, so Kobe, tell me, like, what is up with one-day click on impulse buys for lead gen and for other types of products like what have you found these days i don't think we've ever really talked about different optimization schedules for for ads so talk to us about that what you're seeing so we have an account that we're doing legion for and basically they have a challenge every two weeks every three weeks depending on the schedule and then we set up ads for like two to three weeks and then we turn them off and then they go live again and so on but then we noticed that the campaigns basically had pretty much the similar results every round, even though we were switching creative, switching ad copy, testing different audiences, the CPL remained fairly the same. There wasn't any significant difference every round. So then I thought, okay, it's just Legion. I'm not asking them to buy anything. I just want their email address. Why can't I optimize for one day click? And then we launched a new campaign optimized for one day click. And just CPL was $10 less than every, every other campaign. Just boom. Why do you think that is? What about it changed the algorithm? Like why the impact? I think when you optimize it to seven-day click, the conversion window is just longer. It looks for those people that might click on that, but then convert after, after like up to seven days. Oh, so Facebook's gambling then. It's saying, hey, I think this person might buy... And so it's getting a little more aggressive. But if you go one day click, then Facebook's going to get just narrow and say, okay, I'm sticking to the, my known buyers. Exactly. And not, not necessarily just buyers, but the person that will make a conversion. Mm. Yeah, I shouldn't be saying buy because it's lead gen. You're right. But my low, my known but converters. It could be. It, it could work. Like with a low price purchase. Exactly. Potentially. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And that's the key here, right? Is it has to be something of an impulse. It can't be anything that would take somebody longer than a day to decide because now you're going to crowbar yourself out of it. Exactly. So we just launched that campaign and just boom, $10 less cost per lead. Which was- That's really brilliant. My question there is, do you think you'd run out of audience faster? I don't know. Good question. Let's see. 
maybe we can talk about it yeah on a long enough timeline that would be my concern is is because there's less one day click people i just wonder if you especially if you have smaller demographics or you're going after a super targeted niche and and i think maybe i'm answering my own question because it's almost obvious right like the the number of people that would convert in a day are by definition lower than the number of people that would convert in seven versus 28 versus 365 yeah i don't know what else going to challenge I, I, I challenge that because, I mean, if you're out there looking for, you know, we always talk about like cheap leads versus good leads, but these are cheap and good leads, but impulse leads, mm. like we run lead gen all the time for, for a tier 11. Like I want somebody to be able to see, like, here's that thing. I'm going to go get it. Whether or not they read my email sequence afterwards or actually consume the content, I don't know, but I do want them to get it. I don't want them thinking about it for seven days. It's just your name and email for Christ's sake. Like that's kind of a low threshold of pain in order to make a commitment. So I don't know as if I even want the people that are two through seven, but I think- What an amazing point that is. The longer the sales cycle in some instances, the the lower quality of the lead. Could be. That's, That's absolutely worth, I think, some credence, especially for impulse products or services. For sure. And I mean, I remember we used to sell a lot of stuff in the survival niche for years and years, like flashlights. Anything. This is pre-Trump days. Sorry, Kobe. There was a time before Trump. He was just a real estate mogul, uh, air quotes. But anyway, the survival niche, like those were crazy rabid niches. And we were spending hundreds of thousands of dollars a month, if not millions of dollars a month. I think in like Black Friday, we spent $2 million. And it was flashlights. It was it was gun oil. <laughs> it was targets, like for shooting. Like I sold all this on Facebook, and it was total impulse buys. And then we did a lot of stuff for like survival life and all the Ryan Dice like properties. And everything was an impulse buy. It was all like less than five bucks, and that's all we wanted is just people in there. And then there was an upsell flow after that. So all I wanted was like a quick purchase. And I remember, I believe this is before the days of like a seven-day uh, conversion window for optimization. It was all like one-day click. I don't even think view-through was even there. And those ads did freaking great. You know, we felt like we ruled the internet for a while there. So it totally makes sense. I mean, whether or not it's an opt-in or whether it's an impulse buy, I mean, I don't think anybody really thinks about this all that much because the default, if I'm not mistaken, is seven day and like one day view. Seven day correct? click, one day view. Yes. Yeah. What happens to the three day delay on one day click? Do you still have the three day delay? Yeah, that's why we're using third party softwares to see the true numbers. Okay. Yeah. What are you using? High Ross, Wicked Reports, and we just started using Northbeam. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, those guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now is when we're reporting because of that and Casa, look at this, the Google guy bringing out like the 72 hour delay for iOS. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, egg on my face because Pmax is now three weeks, just so y'all know. Keep going, Ralph. And I'll talk about that in a second. Wow. Oh, wow. wow. I can't wait to hear about that. So no. So I always said like whenever I look at the tier 11 ads, I never look at today is a Thursday. I always look at Monday to Monday of last week, because I know it's going to take a while, three days to populate that data. When you go in and you look at like a seven day look back, do you do that same sort of thing? Or am I just being like overly cautious with iOS? Like what's your sense of 
how you view stuff in real time inside the platform, especially now, a year into iOS 14 and now 15? So usually when looking at yesterday's stats, I don't put too much uh, emphasis on that because I know there's going to be a delay. So I always take a step back and look at the previous day. And I don't go uh, Monday to Monday just because I'm avoiding those three days. It's just I know there's going to be some discrepancy. It's On most accounts, it's around 20%. So if I see 100 conversions, then I assume I got 120. That's before I even look at the third-party softwares. Mm. So because yeah. we looked at a lot of accounts, we saw the discrepancy rate, it, it's usually around 20 to 30%. So then when we, if some accounts just don't use Hyros or Wicked Reports or Northbeam, so we have to, to work with what we've got on Facebook. So then when we're looking at the numbers on Facebook, we just add 20%. And obviously we confirm that with the client on a, like a regular mm-hmm. basis, but most of the time we're right. Dude, I think that's low. I can tell you because we have, we won't take high spend e-commerce clients without, without Northbeam. Mm-hmm. We just turn them down. And what Northbeam shows us is Facebook is always massively underreporting, and whatever Facebook's showing, Northbeam will come in and say, "Oh, there's 40, 50, 60 percent that it's not being able to attribute because it just got handcuffed." So, so I think your twenty percent is so much more than fair. So with Northbeam, that's really interesting because I just had a discussion with one of the clients about it. Is Northbeam and Wicked Reports and Hyros have so many attribution models and just different accounting models and everything, just a lot of stuff going on there. And then when you filter in the data based on those different attribution models and everything, just you almost see different number every time. And I'm just not talking about looking at Facebook. I'm, I looked at the business overall and I saw different mm-hmm. numbers like from every single attribution model I chose which completely drove me nuts. It's like, so what? what's the true number? Well, that's the balance of risks there, right? It's like how much of an impact did each of these views make on the purchase decision? And the answer isn't zero, but it isn't 100%. And then we have to go in. And that's why you need the marketers. You need us to go in and decide, like, what's the educated guess? And we're, we're always going to be wrong. But I think over time, it gives you the opportunity to kind of to triangulate. Yeah, 100% agreed. And then one more thing is that you need to make sure that the attribution model you're looking at on the platform, let's say Northbeam, actually matches the true numbers in the business. So when I mm-hmm. looked at those attribution models, again, I, I had four different revenues. So I just asked the client, what are the correct numbers? And then he showed me, okay, this is the correct number. And then we said, okay, so it's attribution number two, like attribution, number, num, no, attribution model number two. And that's it. That's the only attribution model we're looking at right now because everything else is just... What was that? So it was a cash snapshot. I'm talking specifically on Northbeam. It was cash mm-hmm. snapshot, clicks only. Because with Northbeam, when we looked at clicks only, Facebook, regular seven-day attribution window, it just shows that Facebook is doing horrible. But when, mm-hmm. when we switched to clicks and views, suddenly we had campaigns with like 44x ROAS. Like no 10x, 10x is for Grant Cardone. No, we're only working with 44x loss. <laughs> That'll be your next book. Uh-huh. <laughs> 44x by Kobe Topaz. Take that, Grant. 
Well, that's fascinating because like you probably have the most breadth of knowledge of all the different third-party platforms and being on Facebook as an affiliate, which always held a special place in my heart mm-hmm. for affiliates such as myself and you. Um, scam artists. <laughs> scam, what? Artists. scam artists no, like us. We promote no, no, legitimate no, no. products. These, these are legitimate. <laughs> this crystal here is footworks. <laughs> we don't have a preserved spot in hell, Kazim. We're good people. <laughs> Drink this tea and your mother in law will love you. Like some of those products that I've seen in those affiliate models are just absolute <laughs> oh, insanity. Oh, man. And just, yeah. And it, it wasn't even, it's so much cleaner now because there's no farticles or fake news sites. Anyway, not that I would know anything about that or uh, cloaking or any of that sort of stuff, Kobe. I'm sure you know nothing about that. Nothing. I uh, don't even know what we're talking about. But the point is, is like you, you've seen like all these platforms and now you've got this breadth of understanding. Like where is the truth at the end of the day? You noticed, all right, I'm going to ask the customer, say, what are you seeing in your CRM? We always say, well, that is the source of truth. At the end of the day, like cash collected, and we're talking about cash snapshot, click only, right? Where is it? Like, what's the best way of looking at things? And we have used all of these. And we also have our own Project X, which we haven't really talked about. But like, where's the real source of truth in your experience in a lot of different industries? And Or is it just an estimate? Like, I know it's going to be 20 30% off. So I'm going to manage based upon that in a historical. Like, how do you manage it day in and day out? Because you're in there every single day. You've got to make decisions in real time. So it's not going to be a simple answer because there are a lot of factors here. So the source of truth is obviously what the client sees on their backend, on their CRM. That's the money that came to the business. However, sometimes you won't have access to the CRM on a daily basis. Sometimes you won't use a third-party software. The first thing you got to do is just compare the discrepancy rate that you're seeing on the platform and then just use that as the benchmark. If you're not using any other third-party tracking software, that makes your life easier. So that's scenario number so right one. After, so skim 20, 30% off the top. Exactly. Like if you see a hundred conversions, you're like, all right, I know it's a buck 30 that's in there. Exactly. And on some accounts, it was Possibly even 40. higher. Yeah. On some accounts, right. it was even 40. Yeah. So it, uh, your responsibility as the media buyer is to see that discrepancy rate. And then what's going, what's like the true, the true number. I want to fight you on the source of truth being in the CRM and, and not viciously, but I just want to posit something that I think is important. It, it depends heavily on time. I have a, a client who buys and sells a very special type of specialized type of business. And the source of truth being cash in, cash out is, is fine, except when we figured out that it can take 18 months. The money that he spends today, May 2022, he's not going to really recoup until you know October of 2023. And so the source of truth being cash in, cash out. And that's a really extreme example, but even a less extreme example, we have this really weird three to four week recency bias, where if I spend money, I'm assuming that whatever happens in three to four weeks is what happened. And that's not the case at all. So it, the, the source of the truth being cash in, cash out, I'm fine, I'm fine 
giving that fight up as long as as long as we acknowledge that you have to expand the timeline out far enough There's because every dollar you spend, element. you know, split it up into whatever we want, but we'll, we'll say 10 parts. Each dime of that dollar is attributed on a timeline. And so the first 10 cents you'll yield right away, but then maybe 20 or 30 cents takes 90 days. And then another 20 or 30 cents takes a year. And that's the part that I think media buyers are getting catastrophically wrong. I actually think we're turning off really powerful acquisition channels because they don't fit inside of that three to four week. You know, we report on a monthly basis. If the impact wasn't a month old, maybe 90 days for, for long sales cycles, then we kill it. And, and that's the big blind spot right now. And it's a hard it's a hard one to see. And it's a hard thing to sell to the clients. But I think it's an important conversation to have. Yeah, 100%. Uh, that's a super good insight. I mean, the source of truth is based upon the, not to get too in the weeds here, but it really is based upon the business model. Right. You know, the historical business model. And that's why it's so hard for a brand new business that's never sold anything to make it on Facebook or Google Performance Max for that matter. Like you just don't know your numbers. You don't know what you don't know until you start spending money. And in most cases, it's losing money. Well, like if, that's a hard thing to tell a new business is that you don't really know when those dollars are going to come in because you don't know your business yet. You know what I mean? And to your point, custom, it's a good one because I do think that we report on monthly numbers. We report on weekly numbers. Like we're weekly and monthly blind to a certain yeah. degree, unless oh, you we all are much longer. Now, I know wicked reports does a really good job of showing long-term value. I'm not sure about the high house and we're still sort of, you know, North Beam, I guess, will sort of show itself to us. But the point is, is like a lot of companies and a lot of customers just don't have that patience level. And that's why this stuff is not easy and why you need to, in some cases, maybe perhaps hire some professionals. Yeah. And even when you have the professionals, give them the flexibility to look at your numbers the right way. Because if you're forcing people to report on month over month numbers, or if you're an agency and that's the way that you're positioning yourself, you're gonna be held accountable to month over month performance. True. And if it's six months to make this thing work, then maybe that's the way we should be reporting. You can give status updates, obviously, on a month over month basis, but it's not cash in, cash out month over month. That's not the way marketing works anymore. Yeah. I don't think it's the way marketing's ever worked. It's not an you know, the, the Facebook, like, make it rain was a blip. For the most part, it's always been investing in relationship building. And that's what we're back to now. No, this is super good, Kobe. I mean, I don't know. I kind of think the, the listeners got a fair amount of Kobeisms here. We've got a lot of Kobeisms inside of Tier 11, and I'm actually amazed that there haven't been more f bombs on this. So I do appreciate that from a, a Apple Podcast perspective. No explicit rating on this week's show. You have no Maybe idea how hard I'm. Subsequent episode. I know you've been restrained. I yes. like this is like this is discipline. Yes, so. you know this is like your former military training coming into effect here. He's holding a cattle prod that's set up as like Jarvis <laughs> or something just to go off. If you... <laughs> it's gonna get electrocuted. Like the minute we no, end this, the, awesome. this episode, I'm gonna smash the computer and just sit. Just. <laughs> Oh my God! We, just we another Kobe. episode for me. Be this. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, you should see all the computers that Cosmos destroyed. Right? Oh my God! Well, that's great. Well, we're gonna have to get you back on here. I think uh, what's working now. We're we're getting some different insights as to how we're running things. But you know, really awesome to have you have you on. I would say where can people find you? But I know where people can find you. The work with us page at Tier Eleven. Mm -hmm. That's where they can Ooh. they can find mm -hmm. you. 
And uh, there's not too many Kobe Topazes out there on Facebook because I do know if people want to connect with you personally, they can certainly do that. I do know that when you were being recruited or, or we were hiring for the position, Facebook Messenger was was the area where you, I wouldn't say you stalked me, but I would say you were very, very persistent. And I'm glad that you did stalk forward slash be persistent. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here today. And I really appreciate everything you do over at Tier 11. You're obviously one of the big stars over there and you know, would love to have you back on here on the show. And we've got a lot more that we can even talk about on subsequent shows. So maybe we'll even bring you back for um, the next couple of weeks. But Kobe Topaz, man, thank you so much for coming on. Kasim, I know we didn't even talk about like some of the reviews that have been left for the show just recently. So we'll, we'll get to those on our next show. They're coming. They're coming. And so please, wherever you are, please leave a review. It really does help us to reach a wider audience and assist a lot more digital marketers, digital online folks, CMOs, marketing managers, you name it, small business owners. And uh, we will read it on the air, although we didn't today, but we will in future shows. And if you do have something that you say, well, hmm, I think you guys should get better here. And I haven't heard this in quite some time. Get on over to uh, perpetualtraffic.com forward slash better and tell us what you think, you know, and this actually, this show bid cap and cost cap was one of those things that one of our awesome listeners actually submitted. So I'm glad we could do that. So we do listen to what you have to say. Make sure that you do do that and leave us a review. Follow me and uh, cost over on the Twitters. Ralph HB and Qasem Aslam. Go back and listen to previous episodes. We will leave some links inside the show notes here for previous episodes that we mentioned. You can head on over to perpetualtraffic.com for that. On behalf of my awesome co-host Qasem Aslam, peace. Until next show, see ya. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic. 